Hello and welcome to the Press the Action Button podcast, where one nerd and one straight-up genius talk about the things that they enjoy. <laughs> my name is Newman. And my name is Yusuf. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about uh, Zelda, uh, Ocarina of Time. Yeah, the, the old N64 classic. Um, but as always, before we get into it, I'm going to ask you, how are you feeling, Newman? You well? I'm good, yeah. Um, actually been a very good week. Weather has been really good, so... We went for a picnic midweek. Um, yeah, we sure did in St. Anne's. And it was actually quite safe because there was like no one around here in the middle of a field and stuff. But um, and we've been to the beach and stuff like so it's 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 great. Like, you know, that you're just uh, it's just brilliant. The weather has been so good that, you know, you can enjoy these kind of things. But um, funny story came up when we were picnicking. Right. I want to ask your opinion because I just found it hilarious. Do right. you remember we were, when we were in school? And I'm talking about primary school here. Okay. Um, we brought in lunch, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what did, what did we bring in usually? We used to bring in sandwiches and a club bar, I recall. Yeah. But what about a, a drink? What did we bring in? Water? <laughs> I think it was water too, but... um. I was talking to my my lovely wife um, because we brought a, a flask of tea um, with us to to the park. Yeah, and I saw the family picture you had, and you had a Delft mug with you, even though you were in the middle of a park. What's wrong with that? That's a weird thing to bring. Absolutely not. My friend Jay used to carry around a full mug in his car when he was driving. I mean, I've done that before, but you look like a madman, and it's spilled. <laughs> a madman because they have. I want a real mug. You don't know what a madman is. They come with cups with them. Yeah, but there's one and there's, you know, two of us. It was just, it was mad. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. So listen, um, Anya Anya was just loving the taste of the tea from the flask. Like, you know, it was like, it was just a miraculous, you know, drink of the gods or something. And uh, it somehow got into the topic of, you know, uh, how she used to have a flask of tea in primary school. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, how old were you? Like, you know, in primary school, you know, probably 10 years old. Just get this image of, you know, these these two 10-year-olds in the class, like, you know, just for a break, crossing their legs and going, have you seen Teresa? <laughs> who, do, who does she think she's fouling? <laughs> yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? More tea, yeah. <laughs> Must be a country thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> these little kids drinking tea. I mean, I, I remember the first time I was old enough to make tea by myself. I think I was eight. So, <laughs> 10 years on, you still weren't able to not spill it. <laughs> I, I mean, I only got clumsy when I went through an awkward growth spurt and my hands and feet were but, much bigger than my body could handle. <laughs> if people don't know, Yusuf used to drop absolutely everything as a child, all the way up to his teen years. Like he, he's used to usually eat on trays and you just hear him leave in the kitchen with the tray. In a few seconds, you just hear it going all over the floor. <laughs> I think, I don't think I did drop things any more than the average teenager. But oh, think, you did. But I think the problem was Newman would be watching, like, <laughs> in that episode of Simpsons where Homer's sitting at the at his work desk and letting him go, get ready, everybody. He's about to do it. <laughs> and then the pressure's on you and you're just holding a cup of tea and he's, you know, it's like, go on, just walk over here like a normal person. It's like, well, why? What am I doing normally? And then I would drop it. I think it's become clear over the last few podcasts that you don't perform well under pressure. First there's a Tomb Raider and there's this. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> but anyway, sorry to cut you off. 
what, what were you saying about your cup of tea? Um, oh yeah, I remember making it when, like when I was 10 years old. I was not sorry, I was eight when I first started making it. So like I was having tea pretty often, but I never brought it with me to school. Mm, yeah, like to, maybe it's a country thing, but it's just, I found that absolutely hilarious. What's you mad know, for, the, for the schools over here, right? They all have their um, school canteens. Yeah? Yeah, so nobody brings in sandwiches and stuff. No, like, they okay. They get stuff from like a lunch lady who like dish it out on a tray and stuff. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's so weird, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Well, is that, that, is that all of England or... Just I think it's the vast majority of it, yeah. Because they, I think they pay for it uh, in some level of their taxes as well. Mm, all right. Yeah. yeah. I remember hearing that story about how they, somewhere in the States, they like brought in um, food that they gave the kids and like they started giving them healthy food. And it was like their behavior was, it was unbelievably measurable as to how much better it was when they were getting good, good nutritious food. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing that they did where they, um, they classified pizza as a vegetable because um, they realized no. that they were given... Have you not heard this? No. Yeah, so they were given um, the school lunches, and then they were people were saying, like, going, we've got this obesity problem, and like you're not giving the kids anything good. They were giving them like processed like chicken nuggets and chips and stuff, and they were looking across like the five-day kind of menu thing, and they were going, there's no vegetables here. So they classified pizza as a vegetable. So yeah. they could, that was their, their, their addition to the, giving them vegetables. That's in the States. Yeah, is because it? they say uh-huh. um, tomato is a vegetable, even though tomato is a fruit. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's made with like fake tomato sauce on bread. That's hilarious. Well, it's not hilarious. It's sad, but you know. Yeah, yeah. That's the way but, it is. Anyway, how have you been doing? What, what have you been up to? I've been doing a bit of cyber sleuthing. Don't even know what that means. <laughs> it's like detective work, like online detective work. <laughs> By, what are you detectivating? Um, basically, I was trying to get a refund from a dodgy fraudster online, right? So I was trying. <laughs> we to... have no record of your order. I don't know what you want. <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing. You order something, and then if you know, it's that point. You're like, well, I'm going to write them an angry email and ask for my money back, and they don't do it. It's like, well, now I'm out of ideas. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's just, I. I remember when I paid for like priority seating on Aer Lingus. I can't remember why I did it. I think it was, I don't know, was it with work? I can't remember. And mm. they changed the gate at the last moment and like there was no priority seat in anywhere. People were just getting on the whole time. And I was like sending an email. I was like, look, I want my, I want my money back for the priority seat, you know? Yeah, yeah. And just didn't write back, didn't write back to me. So I just left it. But that's exactly, it's like, what do I do now? You know, well, I mean, that's, that, that is, that's actually like a, a technique is, um, you know, you just push it up until the point where you think people will give up um, and they and like right now, like Ryanair and loads of trouble because they're not refunding people or they're saying that they can't have it and stuff. And they are legally entitled to it, but until they get mm. the legal threat, they just keep mm. going. Away. But see, that's the thing about airlines is that like they have such a monopoly. Like you don't have choices, no matter how bad the customer service is, you're going to take them if you want to go on holiday. That is true, but I mean, I think like that is true. And and, and well, I mean, I I now pay more for a flight than fly Ryanair unless. Yeah. Um, unless it's like a fiver, because in which case, like I'm cutting off my own nose to bite my face. Right? Yeah, no, I know, I know. If it's a tenner more expensive, I'm like, look, I'm gonna fly Aer Lingus, or Aer Lingus or CityJet or British Airways because, like, it'll, you know, like it just takes longer with with, Air, with Ryanair, and sometimes it just gets delayed and everything so often, and you know, mm. it's just it, I just don't want to support somebody as well who kind of intentionally like separates up people just to charge them more to sit together. 
Yeah, I mean, I to be honest, I don't mind Michael O'Leary as much as other people do. In fact, there's certain things I like about him, but there's obviously other elements from like, oh god. But um, well, I, I think, think part of it, part of it is a gimmick from him. I think. Yeah, I found it hilarious when he was we put on. He dressed up as the Pope when they had a new route to Rome. <laughs> You know, I just find that kind of stuff very funny. <laughs> is that? I mean, like, I think it's good. There, there is competition, which is, you know, that's a good thing to do. But I think, you know, I don't think he treats his staff very well. Um, no, no. I, I, I think it, yeah, I think it's in there, you know, not, it's in somewhere where it's like they try to save money every year. You know what I mean? Save more money every year. And like, if you're working for a company like that, you know, it's it's obviously not going to be good for you. Yeah, apparently, I think it's they try to cut their costs ten percent year on year, which is just like, yeah, obviously an impossibility. Well, I mean, not because he's a billionaire, but you know what I mean. It like, yeah, it, it does start to just be a, a bad experience for people. Mm. Anyway, where where were you trying to get your money back from? So there was this brand, right? This this uh, apparently this Japanese brand which got set up called Dragon's Dojo. Isn't that cool? <laughs> they saw you coming. <laughs> they did. <laughs> um, so apparently they were they were closing down. They were doing a clearance sale thing, <clears throat> and uh, Sarah saw it. I was like, "Oh, look, there's this shop. It's and um, the stuff's normally quite expensive, but they're kind of just clearing off all the things." So I looked it up, and they had only set up like September last year. So I think they set yeah. up, and they they got caught right in the kind of COVID thing, and they were uh. like, "We're in real trouble. We can't get stuff." So they're just closing it up. So I was like. All right, whatever. So I saw this jacket, which is a nice kind of, you know, plain enough black jacket and stuff that was, um, I think it was meant to be 120 and it was down to like 30. So I was like, Grant, I'll go for that. So I order it and they gave me like, you know, tracking uh, delivery for free and stuff. So I was like, all right, that's that's pretty good. And then I, they dispatch it and I see it's coming from China. I'm like, well, immediately that's oh. you know what I mean? So it's come from there. And then it takes like weeks and weeks to get to the air transport thing. Oh. And I can see it sitting there in the air transport. And then 15 days go by in the air transport. And I, like, and I'm like, right, this is a bit odd. So I get onto them and I'm like, hey, so I just see this has been sitting here for a while. Um, can you look into it? And they get back to me and they're going, hey, uh, sorry about that. Um, it seems to have been lost. We will issue you a credit of like 50 quid. So you can buy the jacket again. And you can also have like an extra 10 kind of credit. So I go, look, I ordered this two and a half months ago. It's like, I don't want it anymore. Um, mm. I also saw a lot of people on their Instagram and stuff were complaining they never got their orders so I was just like right um, I don't like it look I just, I just want my money back and they didn't get back to me and then mm. I emailed again and I opened up like a new kind of complaint ticket and stuff like that and then they get back to me and they say hey look we're sorry about that but during clearance sales we don't offer full refunds so we'll we can give you a 50% refund or we can give you oh credit oh my god yeah so I get back to them again and I go well that's illegal wrong thing um, you don't get to decide that. And you've been in a clearance sale for about two months at this point. So mm. I don't really know how much I trust that. Um, and then again, they didn't get back to me. Like two, three more weeks went by, got onto them again, different, kept on opening up new tickets again because every like they stopped replying to my normal emails. And then when I opened up like, a new thing to the form, it seemed to kind of just go to the top of their list, but they still just, right. they wrote the exact same email to both at the exact same time then. saying. Oh. So I got onto like uh, the card I got it through and I was like look I think these are fraudsters there's a lot of stuff that's a bit dodgy about it can you refund my thing yeah. and they were like yeah well look we, we can look into it for you and then just before uh, they were like look it needs to reach uh, f- like 14 work days or something since the last time they have the, they've responded to you 
Mm-hmm. And then we can do something about it. And then like the day before that happened, they finally issued me with a refund. So I think oh. they reached their kind of legal limit or something and they knew they were going oh, to okay. So they go and they do that. So then I was there and I was looking at the website, right? And I was just thinking about it as I was going through, going, maybe look, I, these there's a this does seem a bit dodgy and stuff. Maybe I'm I, I will look at reporting them or something like that. And I mm. noticed that a lot of the images were quite different. And I looked through them all, I'm like, oh, these photo shoots look very different. These are in a very different oh. style. And I was like, these models are different. I was like, and that's an ASOS model. And, I was, and then I realized that on the pictures, on some of the white pictures, you could see the label on the collar, but on the close-up ones, they photoshopped it out. Oh my God. Yeah. And then I realized all the stuff from their website, if you like image searched it, it came to like AliExpress or like a Chinese eBay account and stuff like that. Um, mm. And then like some of them were just ASOS pictures that they just took and they whatever. So I was like, right, so this is a proper effect thing. So I went on it yesterday um and what another jacket (laughs) (laughs) well it was an even better offer so (laughs) use the 50 credit i gave them all my money back yeah go on sorry but uh, they changed the name of the website (laughs) dragon's dojo 2 it was called uh it was called like sensei street or something okay but like the name the the text on the bottom still said dragon's dojo that's hilarious. So, what do I, I, since when do you go on sites like that? I mean, how did you even find this jacket? This well, website? It's because apparently Sarah just saw it like on Twitter or something or whatever. And, and then she just told me about it. So I looked at it. And the website looked really good. It looked like they were very clever what they were doing. Um, mm. Like it wasn't, because it wasn't a bad website. It didn't have anything dodgy with it. It was through Shopify, which, you know, so it's like reasonably safe and everything. Um but even still, I did do, use it with my Monzo card instead of my normal bank card just in case something went a bit. Monzo? Monzo. It's like an online bank. Never heard of it. Uh, have you heard of Revolut? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's like not Revolution at all. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I used that to try and make sure it was, um, it was safe and stuff like that. Yeah, but like, I felt like a detective when I was just like opening up all these tabs and image searching and you know, zooming in on these pictures and stuff and everything. Uh, <laughs> and then looking at the brand names and stuff. I was like, it's all connected. And it all leads back to AliExpress. <laughs> I mean, I'm in way over my head here. I spent 30 pounds. <laughs> Which I got um, point. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I know that they do something similar with like wedding dresses and stuff where they basically, they have a lot of photos of like existing designs and, and like high-end boutiques blah, blah 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 and then they get the person who wants it and then they send it off to china and it's fabricated like from scratch you know it's just a copy uh, you know yeah, so that, yeah that's huge in the wedding world now like well i mean um, wedding dresses are really expensive so i'm not surprised yeah yeah but um obviously I'm, I'm surprised that they did refund you though were they based in the uk or china see what i think it was right so i was talking to uh omer or our other brother um yeah. and he was saying that apparently what a lot of brands are doing is they're finding these good, what they think are good suppliers in China or some of that true AliExpress or whatever. And they're buying the stuff for dirt cheap. They're setting up like a face of a shop, you know, and they're doing the advertising and putting it out and everything and creating the mm. brand image. And then they never actually get the items. They're just, you know, shipping them through to the sales or whatever. Yeah. There's a name for that. Yeah. 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 And they're open the price of it. So, and actually, I realize a lot of Amazon is doing that as well. So, you should look at it on Amazon. Oh, you, the amount of, of cheap Chinese stuff on Amazon now, like you can't go a page without it being f- full of it. Like, yeah. And the reviews are all fake. Have you read the reviews? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
this is like, great item my son like and like you know the, the grammar is so terrible for anyone in the uk to be talking like that like and it's fake review after fake review after fake review and like they know what they're doing as well because I, I tried to buy a gift for mom for her birthday today and um the name of this the store i was buying it from was like a sort of scandinavian name slash eu so i thought mm. it was an eu based store you know what i mean it had good ratings and stuff like that said it wouldn't take that long and now of course it's been like eight weeks and it's not it's not there you know oh. and, and do you know what else you know now that amazon has started doing that amazon choice no what's that have you seen that if you no. if you like type in say oh i don't know children's drawing board or anything at all it'll have all the results but it'll have amazon's choice oh yes yeah 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 and like i i thought that that was like oh yeah you know they're reviewing it and like you know they they know it's good quality you know supplier blah 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 but it's purely based on an algorithm oh yeah 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 i'm not surprised really yeah based on how many reviews it has and how many buys it has or whatever yeah so you can easily fake it you know yeah yeah those fake reviews are a big problem with it and like you know and reviews are skewed anyway because there's no there's no reward for actually doing a good review. Yeah, yeah well, the, apparently these sellers are giving them like gift cards and all that stuff. But um, yeah, but listen, we better get on to Zelda because people don't want to hear us talk about nothing. No, they do not. So yeah. uh, yes, well, we're talking about Legend of Zelda, the Ocarina of Time, the first 3D Zelda. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Quite excited uh, for this game. Yeah, I, I'm Dolores and excited to bring this because, um, you know, when you when you said it at first, I was kind of like, oh, it wasn't one of my favorite games. But then kind of researching it and looking at it and, and looking at the music and stuff, I was like, wow, this is absolutely fantastic. It's, it's you know, it, it, for some reason it kind of slipped by me as, you know, just as, as amazing as it was. Yeah, you were never really the biggest um, Zelda fan. Like even when we were kids, it, as we were saying, it was Omer that was the bigger Zelda fan. Like he loved, he he had this game and we played it. But. Yeah, I, I, whenever I see this game, I still think it's Omer's game. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> it's still in my head. And like, as we used to always have to ask him before we could play it, like you know, yeah, and yeah. obviously vice versa, which is kind of ridiculous. But anyway, um, so it, it always N sixty four. Like, <laughs> yeah, true. But um, yeah, I, 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 but it is, it, it, but see, there's reasons why I, 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 it didn't gravitate. I didn't gravitate towards it, um, and I'll get into those because I did figure out something about it, researching it that kind of made things click together and make sense for me. All right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, we have to say that we, I think we did tease a Final Fantasy VII um remake uh okay. pod. But um, I was so miserable on it. None of you would want to hear it. I, I listened to a bit of it and I was like, I would not put anyone through that. I didn't realize, I didn't realize how depressing I was uh, about this game. And, and I gave it a six and an eight. So, but anyway, um, we, we, we went to Nevada and we buried it next to the copy of ET uh, video games. So you would just- likely get it. <laughs> I guess just if anybody really, if there is a real push for it. <laughs> but it's just it's not good listening it's just new man moaning for an hour and a half it's like the longest podcast we've ever done i know well it's a valid i had valid points but like um at the same time no one wants to hear someone complaining for all the podcast maybe i do but you know you don't even want to listen to you complain no someone else though perhaps but um yeah so ocarina time what what are the memories off the top of your head so i think like before I kind of looked into it, I think my memory of it is Link as a character, the green tunic, 
and weirdly the the different uh tunics and just being a different look and being a different power i just remember being when i was a kid and seeing that and thinking that was quite cool you know the idea that mm. oh it's blue now you can breathe underwater now it's red now you can survive the fire and stuff like that but mm. i actually think i didn't appreciate how new a lot of the stuff that i do generally associate with zelda that i understand from uh, ocarina of time like my when i think of ganon it's the n64 ganon i see when i think of like goron mm-hmm. and hyrule and everything it is it is that n64 thing so it's just that it's 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 created this huge kind of lore of this game from it that i i when i think of zelda that's what i think of and it all comes from this one game mm-hmm. yeah I, i'm I'm much the same, um, but like I, I do, I do remember at the time, you know, seeing it and just I was blown away by it because, like we say, it was the first ever 3D Zelda game. It's probably the first ever like proper 3D action game, and I think it's kind of like what you know what Super Mario 64 is to an adventure game. You know, it's, yeah, it's like that version of it, and you can see that it was kind of similar on the uh, the same platform, didn't they, to make the games. What do you mean? Oh, the same kind of game engine. Yeah. Yes and no. So apparently we'll get we'll get into development now, but yeah. apparently um it started off as the same one, but they made so many tweaks to it that mm. um I think I don't know if it's Shigeru Miyamoto, but uh somebody on the development considers it its own uh, engine because they had to change so many things about it to make it work. Uh-huh. And I mean yeah, they play very differently. Yeah, they do. They do. Can I just say, it just seems like Shigeru Miyamoto is just hitting things out of the park constantly. Yeah. I mean, his value as, as a video game developer is just unrivaled. Everything he does is just turns to gold pretty much. I, can, I cannot believe, just like, he is excellent. He is unbelievable. I mean, there's like, well, obviously, <laughs> like, but I mean, just t- some of the games that you do, when you just go back and you see the input he had in them and how different they were and how iconic they were and stuff like that. He was just like, he was setting what games were. It was one dude. Yeah. Well, absolutely unparalleled. Um, and his dad got him into Nintendo in the first place. So he wants to thank his dad there. Hey, Shigeru. Aww. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Do you, um, go on. Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, do you want to do the history or will I? You do please. Right. Right. So, as we were saying, this is the um, this is the first 3D Zelda game that came out. So there was a few of them beforehand. Um, some of them were a little bit different. If anybody has kind of played the um, Game Boy versions, I think like Link to the Past and stuff, which was the third Zelda, was kind of one of the biggest ones. It had it kind of had the biggest sort of cultural look. That's what Zelda was before, where uh, it was Link as the main character, um, and like the Triforce was a, a part of it and everything but this was the first one that kind of took it to its completely new level. Um, so the so Legend of Zelda, okay, Time came out in 98. It came out mm-hmm. pretty similar times kind of across the board. So it was end, uh, it was near the end of November of 98 in Japan. And then I think it was December of 98 uh, over in like the rest of the world, like EU and everything like that. Um, and I remember being like a big Christmas hit everywhere. Mm, yeah. yeah. And I think it was originally supposed to be for the N64 disc drive, right? It was, yeah. So they were, it's like that was the, if anybody doesn't know, that is like the failed sort of add-on that they were going to do for the N64 where they were um, they were looking at making, because there was a problem with cartridges that Nintendo were kind of dealing with and they kind of continued to deal with, 
um, with, with a lot of game developers where they're saying, look, there's not enough space on it and everything like that. So they're going, look, we can make these things work better on, um, on CDs, which is what, why Sony went for you know, a disk drive. But uh, it failed, so they, a lot of stuff they were going to do on it, they ended up striking it away, and they went with the cartridges. But like game developers are always so surprised, particularly with um, Ocarina of Time, of how they got this game on a cartridge. Yeah, yeah. Really um, I think when you, you hear the space on the cartridges now, it's, it's something ridiculous, like, is it 30, 32 megs or 62 megs or something like that? It's like, how did they do it? I'm not sure. But like, I mean, do you remember, like, you know, like I downloaded the, the Final Fantasy VII remake, or when I was playing it, and you had to put the first CD in, and it was a 100 gig CD yeah. you had to install. Whereas, like, on PlayStation 1, it was an 8 meg memory card, or was it 1 meg? I don't remember. I think it was 8 meg, yeah. It was 8 meg, yeah. It was like a so yeah. small. Yeah, um, it's amazing yeah. how they did it. But I mean, like, there's a lot of pretty groundbreaking stuff about this game. And um, it went through a lot of different versions as well. So there was a lot of time where they were trialing it. They were trying different 3D things. There's from, like, trailers and reveals and kind of events where it had a lot of different looks with it. Because they, this was, you know, as we said, this is the first foray into 3D because the original Legend of Zelda, which came out in 86, was that top-down kind of one where the colors were quite simple. Mm-hmm. They followed it up afterward then with the Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, which was the weird kind of side-scrolling one. Um, which was oh the, yeah 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 I remember that. remember that yeah it wasn't very it wasn't very well received well I think it did okay but now I think it's it's not looked at in the best kind of light compared to other Zelda games mm. um, and then um, after that they kind of went back to the top down point of view and they did uh, a link to the past yeah big yeah. big one yeah was just saying it was was a huge one uh, so that was around ninety one ninety two. Um, but when they went for this kind of 3D one, this um, 3D Zelda, they they broke so many amazing records with it. Like, it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So if you look at Mario 64, right, which came out a year or two before, was groundbreaking. It was the first 3D Mario. It was in the new age of 3D, like that thing where you could run and you could jump in 3D and stuff like that. Zelda did this now with the 3D, with the 3D character moving around and the 3D weaponry and tools and stuff like that in an insane way. Like, the fact that you had, like, a bow and arrow, you had a boomerang, you had a slingshot, you, you could, like, interact with a 3D environment, characters that moved around you in that way, and you could aim and target in it. Like, that didn't mm-hmm. exist before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, do, I do remember that, how, how amazing it was. Yeah. So, like, it was just... It, they did such a really good job with it. Um... And yeah, people, they were really impressed with what they did. And then also, like a lot of things that we think of when we think of these huge Zelda um, imagery and everything, they started with Ocarina of Time. For example, Epona, the horse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was originally going to be in, do you know the game? No. Mario 64. Really? Yeah. They were going to give God. him a horse. Um, oh, no. I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have been, I mean, it, you you know you sled against penguins. I'm sure they would have fit it in in some way. Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. No, definitely more Zelda esque. And one of the most you know the things that you remember most that that's my memory of Zelda is Epona and like you know going on the back and being transforming from like child to adult Link. You know, and um, that was that was that was the big thing for me. So I'm glad that yeah. they stuck it in, in in Zelda. Yeah, it was a big part of it. And like and that thing of you know you the the fact that before this you. Like you had the side-scrolling Zelda, or the top-down Zelda, and then you had Mario 64, which is pretty cool. 
But then in this mm. one, you're riding on horseback, shooting bows and arrows at moving targets. Yeah, it's amazing. It, it is incredible. Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. And I, I, mean, I don't think I, I, I took this for the credit it was. It was a hugely uh, like positive reviewed game. It has like 100% on like most gaming sites. I think it's on, I think it's GameSpot or I, no, I think it's Metacritic. It's listed as like the highest rated game ever. I think it is officially the highest rated, um, officially reviewed game of all time. Yeah, because like it's just everybody just is like, it's 100 out of 100. It's 10 out yeah. of 10. Yeah. IGN gave it, it's only 10 out of 10. Like, uh, like, yeah. yeah, so GameSpot, I think, obviously was a 10 out of 10 as well. But yeah, and you can yeah. understand why completely. Anyway, it's just they did a, an excellent job with it. Um, I remember I was saying they were kind of struggling because they were going to do it on the disc drive and then they got to work on the cartridge. Originally, they were going to make this similar to Mario 64 where they're going to do a hub world like the castle and you were going to go into the paintings. Like yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm then, glad they didn't. Yeah, no, it wouldn't have worked. I mean, the game is huge with all the different temples and all the different people and stuff. Like, it would have yeah. felt and Hyrule Field is just one of those amazing memories when you like leave the forest and you're just on this field. You're like, wow, you know, the freedom, the freedom. Yeah, yeah. And now you look at it and it's like, it's so small and it's like a yeah. flat image of trees up against it. I know, but it's still, it like for the time was absolutely amazing. Yeah. And like, actually I heard, I think Miyamoto may have dropped the ball on this a bit that he wanted this to be a first person game. Yeah, so originally that he wanted to kind of have that because the the main kind of thing they wanted to do with this is, um, they wanted it to be about swords. They wanted it to be, um, about like fighting with swords and that to be the main kind of focus of it because they thought that the sword kind of, you know, play in the last ones were they're a bit simple. You can only like hit in certain directions and stuff. But he wanted this to be, you know, about parrying, about moving, about jumping around and everything. So that's what mm-hmm. that was the main focus wanted to do. But apparently, they spent so much on the character of Zelda, of sorry, mm-hmm. of Link. Ooh, no, that's a bad one. <laughs> of Link, uh, that they were, um, that they were like said, no, like we're gonna put him in a game. And I think it was a it was a much better version because it worked it worked so well being able to see him like that. Like that, I wouldn't like it as a first person uh, point of view at all. No, and actually, I did, their other first person game that they did was um, Metroid. And I didn't oh. really like it. You know, I didn't like that game. So yeah, I don't I'd think weird, it would have worked with this. I had weird feelings about it. Like I kind of, you know, like those old Metroid games, they were a bit more um, Castlevania-y. And, and I'd, yeah. I had a way more fun way of playing those games. Well, they are still Castlevania in the sense that like you can't get past a certain area until you unlock a skill or something. But I just, I don't know, the first person element of it, I, I, I didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't think it was very good, but yeah. Okay. No, this piece, this, I mean, this got the show off the great way they were doing it. Um, mm. So, yeah, apparently they wanted to do the whole kind of premise of wanting to do this was they wanted to get the sword fighting right, which is they wanted to base it on like those kind of Japanese uh, samurai films. Ah, yeah. Okay. That was a big thing they wanted to do. And they were kind of wondering about how do you make this work? Because, like, like I'm sorry if I keep hammering this point on, but it was so groundbreaking. That they were mm. like, okay, so we want them to have like a sword and we want a lot of enemies to come at them with a sword, which is why there's so mm. many, you know what I mean? You fight like the skeletons with the sword and shield and stuff like that. Or you said like deflect things back with Ganon with your sword and it was a big part of it. And they were going, how does this work? So they went to like a sort of theme park where they had a play where they were showing samurai, right? Mm-hmm. And they realized that when they're doing this choreographed thing, the samurais attack one at a time. So oh, they, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So the way they did this was if you like Z lock onto a character, that is the only one that will fight you. The others will kind of circle around you. So that, yeah. that's an intentional thing. Sometimes people are like, oh, it's, you know, why don't they do that? You know, that's not how things work, but it's to keep it um, away so you can have like a duel with them because you don't just smack them and then they're gone in this game. Like, you know, they, they block and you need to wait for the right time to get, you know, get an opening in. So mm-hmm. it's a way of actually being like, no, you are actually having a, a duel with, uh, with a different character. So that was a good way of making them wait for it. And that's the way they dealt with it. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I keep, I'm, I'm on, a, I'm talking loads now, but the Z locking they did in this game was also like one of the first. It was like a groundbreaking thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. The the strafing around was like the first they. I think I it was the first they. It's ever been, that's ever been done. Yeah, it, like and, and it was because I mean it's the first time you're dealing with a Z depth as well. You know mm-hmm. in that way where you can move into you can move into it. And originally Navi, your little fairy who was guiding you around, was going to just be this like triangular icon. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they ended up changing it to making it into a character and stuff like that. <clears throat> they named her Navi because she helps you navigate. Um, and it allows you to, it, it, it became a pretty big part of it. Like the whole, like, you know, hey, listen, like that is mm-hmm. a sound of this game, which is, you know, still means a lot now. Um, yeah, I actually had it on my hotkeys, but it seems I forgot to add it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, never mind. Sorry. We add it in later. <laughs> Um, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> no, it's grand going. <laughs> you know, do you know what I remember a lot about this? Yeah, the, what how cinematic this game was as well. Like at the yeah. start, it's uh, Link is having a dream, and his dream is Zelda on the back of a horse, and Impa, Impa's her bodyguard, who was like um, going, was like running away, and then suddenly Link looks up, and Ganon is there and like Link falls over and stuff and that ended up being like thunder and lightning and it being really cinematic and then yeah do you know let me just stop it there you know who Ganondorf reminds me of who if you won't bow before a sultan then you will cower before a sorcerer <laughs> Jafar yeah he's that kind of like stereotypical lightning behind him you know yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. enemy like I guess I mean you know visually like they're both dark skinned they both have like the long kind of black kind of gear and stuff like uh, that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you know the do you know the lore behind Ganon? Um, no, but I do remember like people claiming there was some kind of anti-Semitism about it that he was supposed to be Jewish or something. So I'm not like I don't know because I mean the the thing about it is that. He's meant to be one of the uh, Gerudo, isn't it? Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So the Gerudo are the like tribe of uh, basically all female uh, people, right? And it's like every hundred years, a male is born and is made the king, and that is Ganon. Well, you'd wonder what his problem was. That sounds like the perfect setup. <laughs> um, I mean, you're born, you're made king. Like, you know, yeah, the problem is he's evil. <laughs> Yeah, but why? I mean, he has everything going for him. Oh, he swans power. Yeah. Um, and like, and throughout all the different games, they're kind of put in these different sort of ways. So they're like a desert kind of tribe people, which I think is kind of like the darker skin and maybe uh, mm. the more sort of Middle Eastern features and stuff. There's definitely Eastern influence in the Gerudo. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then in they kind of changed it up in the... Um, in Majora's Mask, they're kind of pirates and stuff like that, but they're always this group of 
um, all female tribe um, and men are forbidden and they're always like a, a warrior race um, mm-hmm. throughout it. And then that's kind of where Gan comes from. So that's kind of why he has that look. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has the look of the whole kind of tribe as well, though. You know what I mean? So, yeah, he does. I, I don't think they're as dark as him, but... Um, they're not, of... but I think that's meant to be a thing of... That's meant to be a, a defining feature between the men and the women. But I guess, actually, you only really see one man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So it, it, it is kind of hard to know. Um, I just, and he, I just think he's a great villain. Yeah, he is. He's because he's obviously he's always, he's always towering over Link. Yeah. Um. But actually, that's that's one thing. I, I'll go into the point as to why I think I didn't really gravitate to this game. Yeah. Um. Because I think that I like characters that talk, and yeah. I to, to get kind of like emotionally invested in them. You know, I, I kind of like them to say things and to have you know personality and stuff like that. And I think that's the reason why I kind of didn't because like Link is always just standing there like a dope you know when yeah. all the people are talking to him like you know like like ganondorf and zelda and blah 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 blah. it's like you know you know I, it's kind of weirdly though like do you remember that game alundra yeah 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 i loved alundra and alundra didn't talk either but um i don't know it's just something it's kind of it kind of feels lonely or something in the game when your character isn't talking i know i don't, know, I don't know how to explain it and I, th- I think um like a lot of games are doing like you know like the dra- dragon quest games they never talk in like Breath of what Breath of Fire, they don't talk and stuff like that as well. Yeah, um, yeah, but that felt lonely as well. Breath of Fire three. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I usually I don't really like that. And actually, it is something I really quite liked. That I thought it was really refreshing about the Final Fantasy seven remake was that like Cloud it has so much personality. You know what I mean? He's, they're not afraid to kind of make him a character. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, what movie? What movie would you watch where the main character doesn't talk? Um. That you know, one you, Chinese triad member from Simpsons who doesn't do anything. <laughs> He's not a main character in a movie, though. He should be. I'd watch that film. <laughs> Forgiven us, please. But yeah. uh, Link, Link is. But um, and also something else that I, when I was researching this game, this it made a lot of sense to me that apparently a lot of this game was inspired by Twin Peaks. Really, I've never seen Twin. Yeah, Peaks. yeah. Twin Peaks is like this really weird eerie 90s series that's just like kind of like really trippy and and you know i can definitely see now that i read that i was like okay now now it makes sense why the characters are so weird and you know why they say so many unusual things and why things kind of feel out of place because it's kind of like psychedelic um series you know in in a weird i can't really explain it but you'll if you saw it you'd know what i mean um and that that kind of inspired um, this my moto said that, and like that, that I think that's also some of the reason why I, I didn't like gravitate to this game or hold on to it, like with you know with a great love at the start. Um, but even things like you know when you kind of go back to one of the villages, I can't remember where it was at the end. Like there's a, a soldier who's like kind of against the wall. Yes, yes, that's in uh, yeah, it's in Market Town, I think. Yeah, and he dies, you know, and it's like he's not moving anymore. It's kind of a very unusual thing to put in a game that's kind of very childish and cartoony almost. It's like, it's a weird thing because, so, um, it is kind of childish cartoony, but the weird, like, is that, like, so Link is a kid, right? In the original one, he's going to be a kid. In this one, they didn't know if he was going to be an adult or a kid. And they, yeah. they, they drew up like two different versions of him. And then they decided mm. to do it. So that kind of brought the whole kind of time thing into it. 
Yeah, um, well, I I heard that when they were doing that, they they didn't have, think they'd have the memory to do both. But then when they realized that Child Link pretty much had the exact same movements as Adult Link, they could do it, you know, because it was the same kind of architecture around it. I think right. the only real difference was like the throwing of the boomerang and like the arrow. So, but yeah, you, you can kind of see uh, that it was something. Well, I mean, it was seamless, but I think there is kind of something there that kind of says, okay, you're just waiting to become an adult, really. Yeah, and I always like, you know, I always rather Link as an adult um, because I think everyone does. You know, well, I mean, it's a lot of the games. He's he is a kid, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I didn't get that at all. Why do I mean? Why did I? I don't know. I I never played the games where he was only a kid because it's like, what's the point? Like, it's it's it, it. I think well, canonically, I mean, first off, the actual like lore of this, you know, series of games is mental, right? So they're not really connected, but they also are, <laughs> if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. they they've they made up the timeline of it after, like years and years after they made loads of these games, right? And the mm-hmm. main one is kind of occurring of time because that's meant that there's three possibilities where the timeline splits into that. So one of them is where he beats Ganon and returns as a child and goes on and then that's Majora's Mask the next one which is like takes place immediately afterward mm-hmm. um, and there's a couple of games after that one of them is where he beats Ganon but stays as an adult stays in that timeline and then there's the games that follow on after that and then one of them is where he loses to Ganon um, and then it's a couple of games after that and they all, they all there's like three or four behind it and it starts with Skyward Sword and that's meant to be the very first one of like this kind of sort of repetition of the hero of time who comes every once in a while. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, the lore kind of seems a bit thin to me, to be honest, from, from what I was reading. They made it up after they'd already made several of the games. Yeah, yeah, which you, you can kind of get the sense of, you know. Well, I sorry, I want to say the lore of the games being interconnected. The lore of the individual games, I think, is fine. I have no problem with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but you know what else annoyed me about this game, and I, I actually like this game. I give it a nine out of ten, probably. But um, the speed of the text. Do you remember how slow that was? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was like you just had to like it over a course of a game. It took ages to actually, you know, get past it. Yeah, it did take quite a long time for it. Uh, I mean, I mean, that's a you know a technical limitation, though. Really, is it? Well, you know, can't I mean? you speed up text? Well, you can do, but I mean, if there's a lot of other stuff that's going on, if you need to reveal it and stuff, but if you also have other characters interacting and environments that they're in and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or maybe, I don't know, maybe it was a choice. I don't know. Yeah, well, um, a poor choice if it was. But this, yeah, that, that is quite annoying. And like, especially, you know, if you're playing a game, you want to just like stop and save and just like, come on. <laughs> yeah. I have somewhere yeah. to go. I can't keep doing this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this, like, sorry, there's a couple of other firsts that this game did. When you go out to stuff to Hyrule, when you leave the, the Kokiri village for the first time, is it Kokiri village? Is that the one? Yeah. 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 And then you're going to, uh, and you're going to the castle, right? And you see like the drawbridge and it's kind of timed, right? Unless you do like really, really quick speed tactics, the, you will get there as nighttime happens. And this was like, yeah. the first game had a day and a night cycle, right? Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. And so you just get there and the drawbridge would come up and then you're stuck and then you have to fight like these like horrors of nighttime mm. or like all the skeletons would come crawling up out of the ground. Yeah. You say horrors, but at that stage of the game, stuff isn't very scary. You know, it's, well, I suppose skeletons are a bit, but 
Well, they're uh, well, yeah. If you keep, they keep coming up. But that game had some re- creepy things in it. Do you remember, like the the re-deads? They that were horrifically scary. Yeah, as a child, especially every time you look at them, you hear the scream. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like, who's screaming there? Is it Link? Because it sounds like a woman. Or is it the re-deads? I think it's them. Just a sound effect. Yeah, I don't know. I've no idea. <laughs> And you freeze like every time you see them, you freeze. Like, surely by the end of the game, you'd be getting used to them now, mate. You don't need to freeze. It's an unspeakable horror in a catastrophe time. An unspeakable horror that you can finish off with like a couple of slashes, you know? Unless they scream, then you're paralyzed. Yeah, but they're not screaming. We've just, we've just said that. Well, maybe they are. I don't know. It's like from a woman's scream that they've interjected from like a 50s movie. Um, but, um, they were scary, yeah. You know what they did actually with the uh, with the voices for some of them. So mm-hmm. um, there's a there's a dungeon where you have to fight these um, like kind of ghost sisters, right? And they had like this laugh that was a sped up version of Ganon's laugh. Ah, so sound effect for it. And do you know what game did the same thing? I do actually. I think it's Mario with Wario. Is it? No, no. It, 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 it is Mario. But it's yeah. it's Bowser's laugh is sped up to become the Poe's laugh, not the oh, okay. laugh, sorry, not the Poe. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the little, like real quick, like hey, 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 is actually Bowser's. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I have to get that on hockey. Actually, that's one of my favorite sounds. Yeah, yeah. I love the music. You know, when you just hear his foot stomping. Do 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 do. Yeah, that was great. It's so. Just... <laughs> brilliant setup for that game i love when he was spinning him around it's like it sounds like he's saying so long gay bowser <laughs> i was like does he say, i just think he said king bowser uh i don't know i think it's there officially I, but, but it does sound like gay bowser well i saw it written down somewhere i think somebody said it was big bowser oh really yeah but i don't know we'd have to contact the guy who does the voice and well worth asking him also tell him why he's let the ball drop since 64 i will let him know you can do that <laughs> i damn right will um or i mean like there's there's loads of things about this which i i mean um like because this game is just it because it was so many firsts it did so many things but you know one thing i loved about this in general right mm-hmm. and and i think it's what i love about the zelda game and particularly Breath of the wild is the world of it because I know, like Link is, although I like him, yeah, he. I don't love him as a character in the way I do love other characters because he is quiet. Because he doesn't really, you know, he doesn't really he's say. He's mute. Anything. He's not yeah. only quiet; he's mute. Yeah. But he goes ha. Well, yeah, he does. And actually, these are some of my favorite sounds. Okay, not the second one, but the first one. Is I him falling down a well? <laughs> Probably. But you know, when I was researching his sounds, there's something very unusual I found out. What? Uh, I put a connection here, okay, and see if it, if it, if it, you know, if it gave you gave you the same, you know, if there was the same correlation in your head as there were in mine. I might give you a few hints and indicators, but look, see. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hold on. <sighs> Okay, maybe I'm not so bad. 
idiot together a version of Michael Jackson where Link sounds are his screams. No, I was doing it live. You were doing it live? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm impressed with your sense of rhythm. Um, <laughs> he no, sounds I, a lot like Michael Jackson. I don't think anybody else in the world makes that connection. <laughs> well, listen. <laughs> That's Michael Jackson. No, it's one of the first one sounds like he's having a can of Pepsi. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what happened in my head when I heard them do that. I can't believe, like, you know, like, anyway, why don't you, you love music and stuff like that. Why don't you have a look at the music from Ocarina of Time? It is great orchestral soundtrack. They perform all over the place. And you're like, here's my remix of Michael Jackson. <laughs> he sounds like Michael Jackson. I can't <laughs> help it. But yeah, the music is fantastic. And that's actually my most favorite thing of research in this game was my part you know the music and uh, the, the sounds but mostly the music is unbelievable you know? yeah but uh, any favorites i do but do you want to do the music now or do you want to go through you know more um oh actually well yeah just some things about the like the the gorons kind of bringing them into it bringing in the um uh, the Gerudo people and stuff like that and then the Zoras um, so they're all kind of separated into their own kind of world and like this thing is that when I think of Zelda I think of this lore the, like there may have been like some hints and some bits about like the Triforce and everything in the older games mm-hmm. but this is the first one where you have this huge picture of these different people the way that they live and it was just it was so cool it just it did mm-hmm. such an amazing job of giving them a different feel and stuff like that. and that's what I love about these games is the world of like Hyrule mm-hmm. or I mean, Hyrule is yeah. the land, you know, but you know what I mean? Of, of seeing these different, these different people, these different villages and how they live in their own areas and stuff. And I just thought it was absolutely amazing. Yeah. The Gorons were one of my favorites as well. And I think there isn't one of the Gorons, the one that gives you the giant sword. Um, There's a giant Goron. Yeah. 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 yeah which is, yeah. which is really cool. But um, obviously when you're a kid, like the bigger the sword, the cooler you are. So, you know, that was, there was closely linked there. No pun intended. But um, the other thing, (laughs) the other, the other ones that I really enjoyed were the Gerudos. um, Because it like, it it almost, it it threw in like a stealth element. Like if you remember, like you're like getting thrown into jail and like you have to sneak past and, and, you know, which is just so cool. I'd never done that before. I think that was before, definitely before played Metal Gear, I think think not actually not sure but anyway it was it was it reminded me of that um yeah and then obviously it has one of my favorite things in 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 any game ever which was king zora do you remember him oh he's a guy goes weep (laughs) yeah i actually have a clip for you (laughs) (laughs) i if i all one where you say weep over and over again Listen, it doesn't matter how long it is. This is true to the game. But um, if I was to make a video game, this is exactly the kind of thing I would put in it. <laughs> Not only for the sound, but also just how much it's going to wind people up uh-huh. when he's making the sound. <laughs> you just hear, if there was like a visible bar of someone like blowing their top, just going up <laughs> bit by bit as each sound. But if people don't remember, this was King Zora who was like sitting in front of a waterfall who was blocking your way. Getting yeah. past him, and if you, I can't remember, you give him something for him to move, but instead of him moving quickly, it was a, a very gradual uh, process, which was, you know, prefaced by his uh, very lovely sneaking, squeaking sound. So there's actually like 10 hours of this on YouTube of people <laughs> just playing this on loop. 
So uh, here you go, people. Enjoy. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And if Yusuf wants to stop it earlier, he can. But I'm going to let it play. And you can guess how long it goes on for. Can you believe that they left that in? How long that goes on for? It, it, the, like, the really funny thing is like he's this. He doesn't look like any of the other uh, like Zorans. Like Zoras, he's like he's really fat. He's just like, <laughs> like he's got these makes it even better. Really skinny legs and arms, and he's wearing like a big cape, and he's just so slowly is just taking a little side step every time, like sliding on his arse. Like he doesn't even get up. <laughs> He's just everyone is just looking at him. <laughs> I should be that king. That'd be my I'd love to do that. Just you know, slowly move out of the way. I'll <laughs> try and irritate people. God, it was just yeah. like <laughs> uh, but I was gonna say I was gonna say like um about some of the, the 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 thing that this game also did the first strike, um which started to go back a bit, but I just remember seeing a thing where he had, um, so you know, he's got this like his wooden shield mm-hmm. where if you tried to block like fire attacks, it would burn and it would break, and then that would be it. Yeah, 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 that was brilliant. And then later on, you got a metal shield and you could deal with it. It's like the, the thinking of this stuff, you know? Yeah, and then you got the mirror shield as well, which I thought was so cool, which reflected light onto wherever you needed and can burn enemies and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, you have to use some boss battles and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But listen, I was supposed to do the gameplay part of this podcast. So apologies. You know. you yeah, you should apologize. But um I did take a few things down. Now, truth be told, you know, this is more Yusuf and definitely Omar's game. So um maybe we should have had him in as a special guest. But anyway, um the things that I remember about the game were like, you know, you you had a lot like the, the elements that you had as a character were just incredible, like the variety of them. Yeah. Like as a child, you know, you had the slingshot and you had the boomerang, and then you know, when you got older you got the grappling hook. You got like the tunic, which you, you mentioned at the start, you know, like your, your, your red, your blue, your, your normal tunic, which like lets you, you know, deal with fire, you block you off the fire areas until you had the, the, the red tunic, you know, swim, swim underwater when you had the blue. Then you had like your bone arrow, obviously, your uh, opponent on the back of opponent, which is just an amazing thing. And you, you always remember like the carrots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which was funny because it was like every time a carrot went down, it was like you were actually slapping the horse. Like it's not like you're feeding them a carrot every time. She's <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't but, think they uh, could put up a, like, a whip icon. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess they'd have to settle for the, the carrot. But um, then you had stuff like the shooting gallery, which I always love shooting galleries in games, you know. It's like yeah, they give you they give you an element of like you know this this is part of your 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 battle um attire you know the your the set of commands you have as battle but like you can like be really good at it and like master it in this little kind of test, but um then they had the bomb bowling alley do you remember that yeah yeah the bomb shoes yeah yeah and yeah. then they had the fishing parts of it yeah 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 god um, which is side quest in this game 
yeah, I love I love fishing in any game. I love fishing in Breath of Fire Three as well. Yeah, um, I, no, actually, not in every game, but when games do it right, um, as well, they had the masks. Do you remember the masks? Yes, they they became oh, yeah. a much bigger deal in uh, Majora's Mask, though. Yeah, and you can definitely see like the groundwork of it, like the 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 formations of it in this game. But I it was just, I actually forgot they were in this game at all until I was watching like a video on YouTube, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember you could get the masks and like. Uh, did one of them let you not be afraid of the redads or something? I think. Am I right there? No. Was it? I'm not sure. Yeah. But um, anyway, they they gave you little abilities like stuff that sometimes you could see through things that you couldn't see before. Blah blah blah. Um, and then you had stuff like the sculptures. Remember that kind of side quest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. That... Uh, yeah. Um, that, but at the same time, it, it it never got old because when you saw one, it was kind of like this treat. You know, it's like, oh yeah, sculpture. You know, a golden one or whatever. Yeah, and you just hear the sound of it in the distance. Like, where is it? I can't see yeah. it. Yeah, they did them really well. I'd say people that had, like, a, a spider arachnophobia would, would, wouldn't have liked that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then you had, like, you know, your iron boots, which apparently, I didn't really remember the water town, but apparently a lot of people hated the fact that you had to, like, equip them from the main menu. Yeah. And, like, then uh, take them off every time. Yeah, they updated this in because they re-released this again on like the 3DS, and they did like a GameCube master version, and they changed up because the Water Temple was just like this, this maze, and it was about like sinking to the bottom quite often, and just going mm-hmm. to the menu again and again to take off the. It, it was just became not fun. Yeah, it's weird the the way that they did that, but um. Yeah, and then obviously we talked about the battling system as well. And I always remember, you know, when you jumped forward, he would go forward with this kind of like head over, or she sword over his head and, and smack down, which is really cool move. And yeah. every time he did it, he did that whole, you know, which is yeah. such a <laughs> mem- memorable audio, you know. Um, what else? Uh, the ocarina, of course, which yeah. was like a huge part of the game, you know. Um, and it, it was really, I love the way they did the, the control system of it, like, you know, that it was the C buttons. Yes, yeah, 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 and yet to like remember the songs off, and like obviously, I think they had to like go along with those those four notes only, which is kind of like a, a challenge. Hmm? You could have also like uh, other buttons as well. You could press it, like you could put like A and B into it. Yeah, but I think that they were like give you gave you like the sharp and flat version of the notes or something like that. Like, I can't seem to remember. But um, yeah, so then your songs kind of did did different things. Like some some songs would like make night come quicker, day come quicker. Um, some songs would like repair even signs and stuff. I think it, it was know, like, like girl. Yeah, like a lot of them, they were they, they were kind of story driven as well for what you needed to do. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. It was just a really good way of just kind of giving you access to loads of different things, you know, and just that you learn songs you can play. Which, I mean, it's just, like, as a kid, if someone's like, yeah, you get an ocarina and you can, you know, you can play it, make stuff happen. It's like, that sounds awful. It's like, what's an ocarina? Yeah. It's a yeah. flute. I'm like, sorry, this yeah. does not sound cool. But it, it, it's brilliant. Yeah. I think it's originally Peruvian, my friend. Oh, I'm um, let everyone down. I think so. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I could be definitely wrong on that. But, um, yeah, that was the first time I ever heard of an ocarina myself. Um, yeah. But I, remember, I think if you got, like, the special edition of the game, you got the ocarina and stuff. I remember people having that actually. Yeah, which is just so cool. But um, yeah, so I think that was like you know the, the, most of the stuff that I remembered about the game itself. But I, I remember as well the fact that you could you didn't have a jump button. Um, yeah, which was quite a big deal during development. Yeah, I, I, I go on. Do you know what? Do, do you know about it? Well, it's because they were kind of saying 
you know, because I mean, Mario 64 had come out and it was like, hey, look, you've got this 3D space and you can jump and you can do whatever. And I mean, and that's what side-scrolling games had. You know what I mean? A button was just the jump before. Um, so yeah. when they got rid of it, they, like, they're like, look, we're going to do a fully game 3D, but you, you will jump when you run towards an edge, uh, a ledge, and you will jump and you'll do that, or you will attack and you can do your jump like that. It works. Yeah. It works flawlessly, yeah. and it allows you to use all the items, you know. And I, I'm, I love the way you need to like use the items in different kind of orders and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's with, I think it's when you're finding Ganon, you need to, like, hit him. You need to like volley his, um, his like light beam back at him, and then you need to shoot him with like a light arrow, uh, and then you like you need to jump and like hit him with like your sword and stuff like that. The fact that that is just like a quick thing of different ways of doing attacks and different items and, and using them all together in one system that works well because you can have like the limited buttons you had all set to use it like that. Um, mm-hmm. It means they got rid of a jump and the camera was in a basically automatic position all the time. You know, you yeah. couldn't move it around. Yeah, and that was I do remember kind of being a little bit frustrated with the camera in that game sometimes, but like that's going to happen when uh, you know you're basically trying trying it out for the first time, basically you know yeah. that in Mario sixty four. But I think all in all, they got it they got it right. Um, but yeah, the, the overall feel of the game that I was saying to you as well that it's kind of had this eeriness about it as well. Like you know the characters are kind of like a bit I don't know like kind of darkish, you know. Yeah, well, I mean the thing is they took you know. Um... Like I'm not, we're not going to go into it, it's, it's its own thing, but with Majora's Mask, they kind of just reused a lot of the assets and created a much darker game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but um, there is like there is some bits which they cleaned up. I think in the Shadow Temple, there's like a sort of torture machine, and in it there was like blood droplets on the floor and everything, and on the wall. Yeah, yeah. Western releases and stuff, and also in the yeah. ones they've done. Um, yeah, and apparently Ganondorf was also would bleed when you were killing him, but they took that out as well. They changed the color of his blood. It was red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So like, it 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 was it was kind of creepy in the fact that you know Link is a kid and stuff, and you know, and then it is weird because he like loses his childhood, you know, mm. because they get him and he gets the thing, he gets the Triforce, and then Ganon takes advantage of it, and they're like, look, you need the Master Sword to defeat him. But you can't use it because you're ten, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that's the thing, and and it's quite the sad thing of then when he goes back, like because he wasn't actually, um, he wasn't actually like an elf in that same way, uh, because he grew up and everybody else from mm. his home doesn't. So when he goes mm. back, and he talks to them all. They're all like, "You look kind of familiar," but it's quite mm. sad. They've all kind of they've all kind of stayed the same and moved on, and he hasn't done either in that, in the same way. See, actually, there's something about that that you, I think you've you've missed, right? Is the fact that if you notice at the start where he says to him, there's like a hint where it says the boy without the fairy. Yes, yeah. yeah. And the the rest of them have fairies because they're this race. But yeah. Link actually, Link isn't actually the same race as them. No, he's not. But you don't really get. I think they're 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 where he doesn't have a fairy and stuff like that. But yeah, know, but they don't ever grow up. I don't think. Yeah, no, they don't. But that's what's sad, though. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. When he goes back and he sees them all in uh, Kokiri Forest, they are all the same. You know what I mean? They're, they're all exactly the same and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. I get you now. Yeah, sorry. But, um, yeah, um, I, I think, um, you know, like I was saying, I think that it does, it is kind of to adventure games what Mario 64 was. 
And I think it even brings it on because I think it's even more like Mario Kart is kind of, uh, sorry, Mario 64. It wasn't one dimensional, but like, you know, the, the amount of variety in Ocarina of Time, you know, the different villages, the different things yeah. you could equip, like the, you know, the different kinds of battling, you know, the dungeons, it was much more uh, varied game. Yeah, I think so. Because I mean, if you look at like Mario 64, which we're just comparing because that was a groundbreaking game that was released very recently um, before this and, and it got a lot of people going, oh, this game is unbelievable. It's done a load of firsts. And then like two years later, Zelda does all these firsts again, like on the same console. Like, um, But in Mario 64, like you had the different caps, you know, where you could fly, um, you could go metal and you could go invisible, which are quite cool and they used them really well. But, you know, with the differences of the different weapons you have, the way you use them, the different tunics you had, like the, the iron boots, stuff like that. You had the ones where you could float, the like Megaton hammer, all the different arena. The stuff you could mm. do with bottles in this game was insane. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. It was, it, that was really cool. And actually, now that you mentioned that hammer, it reminds me, I actually forgot about that one. But like, I think it's in one of the temples where you actually fight a mirror version of yourself. Yes. Yeah, Shadow yeah. yeah, which is just so cool. Like, you know, I always love those. I know it's always like kind of this hidden meaning behind it almost, you know? Yeah, and what's really nice about that is uh, the more hearts you have, the more hearts he has. Mm, and, yeah. and I think it's like you kind of get into this weird kind of mirror realm and you run like across this really small room and he's not there. And it's only when you turn back around, he's there. Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 you know, you've left them there almost, yeah. So many little clever elements that you take for granted. Only looking back, you're like, how did they ever think of putting that in or doing this or doing that? It's like, fair play to Nintendo. Like, you know, I think they were just at the height of their powers at, during the 64. Yeah. Um, and obviously, they're like one of the most successful companies ever. But like, just the fact that they the amount of ground that they keep breaking. I just find that more and more of our podcasting to be around Nintendo just because, you know, there's so many fond memories and it just seems to be doing so many things right. Not everything right. Right. Let's, let's make that clear. Um, lack of a, a Nintendo 64 classic. I mean, why didn't they do that? I, I see. I think so. Also, what's a little bit odd is they haven't released... Ocarina of Time and Majora's, Majora's Mask, which both had like a 20-year anniversary quite recently. Mm. They haven't re- released them on the Switch. And I think people are unsure about whether they're going to do a HD kind of version on the Switch or if they're going to uh, release the N64 Mini. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I, 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 I seriously doubt that they would put that on the N64 Mini. I mean, it's going to sell huge amounts no matter, regardless of that. Well, they might do both. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think apparently that's a bit of the idea of they're kind of trying to figure what they're doing. With it. But Nintendo sometimes are a little bit weird. Like they're, you know, they're sort of licensing about like playing their games like on, with streamers on YouTube and stuff like that. Mm. They take stuff down so, so quickly. Whereas, you know, with stuff like Twitch and, sorry, with Twitch gaming and Fortnite and like mm. uh, player no Battleground stuff like that those games became massive because of the online community. That's the thing. They make some really unusual decisions. Like they have some 160 year old man in charge who's still trying to do things the old way. Like, you know, it's my intellectual property. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it is. But like, you know, you see how, how incredibly popular games become because of Twitch and because of people playing them online and influencers and stuff, you know? 
I, I don't get it because I mean, like, it just seems like a really odd idea of kind of saying, oh, if somebody's playing our game on YouTube and they watch it, they're not going to want to buy it themselves. And I just that's just the exact opposite of how it is. Like, yeah, you know, it's a very old-fashioned. Yeah, because I've seen somebody playing it. You know. And you look at games now, like the freemium model, and like you know, mm. you know, like that's huge. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So the biggest game online, like League of Legends and stuff, are all like that. And obviously, they have you know your lower chess and all that crap. But like, you know, you, yeah. that's how you, you create it. Yeah, Fortnite is free. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And that's so big now. They're doing like actual gigs in digital space with it. You know? So, yeah, it's crazy. It's an exciting time to be a nerd, you know, because you see like how this kind of stuff is, you know, just huge now. You know, Twitch yeah. and, and YouTube and playing games and you know, it's I I really like it. Yeah, no, it's it's good. And I think um it's becoming very kind of everyday and stuff like that. Like the fact that, you know, people are just kind of going like the, the fact that Final Fantasy Seven came out and what was this quite you know, JRPGs is quite niche. <laughs> um yeah. Yeah. people are like, Yeah, no, this is brilliant, you know, and it's everywhere, like cool. Like Ugh, not sure I like that part of it, but anyway. Well, you don't like a lot of things. <laughs> well, Omer sent us a photo of Cloud's face on a packet of bachelor's noodles or something. It was, yeah, but like... That's not okay. That's, that's not, good. I mean, it it does seem a bit like cringy when, when brands kind of get on that stuff. But like, as I was saying, if you were in Japan and you saw like a Japanese energy drink which had snake on it, you would think that was cooler. Yeah, but that's because that is Japanese. Yeah, I know, I know. But I mean, it is, but also, like, maybe, like, we just think, oh, that's a different language that this text is written in, and that's cooler. But I mean, they might look at it in the same way. Yeah, I don't know. It's a completely different game now, anyway, to what it was all those oh, yeah, ago. Change. Yeah, but anyway, anyway. I've, got a little, I've got a little question for you. I'm sure you do know this from looking it up. Do you know why he's called Link? I actually don't. Because he is meant to be the link of the players to the story. A very poor link. Is he's no personality, but anyway. Okay. That's why he doesn't speak because he's meant to be you. You are he's going around. Me. You're doing the story. He's not me. Well, as much as it can be, obviously. Yeah. He's here all the time. You just be grumpy. Have you seen his nose after he gets old, by the way? Why? Because it's, it's like eight foot. Yeah, it's fucking huge. It, like <laughs> looking at him as a child, his nose is tiny. It's like, this, this isn't the same child. This isn't the same boy. They've, you know, it's like, the Paul is dead theory with the Beatles where they replaced him after he died in a car crash. I mean, that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> well, if there's either he's had work or it's not him. I think he's meant to be a fairy. Like, <laughs> no, I don't know what he's meant to be, but anyway, um, he, yeah, I would have preferred someone else as the main character. No, I think he's like, I like, I do understand why you're coming from, but like, I don't like, and I, and I like these games. And Breath of the Wild is brilliant, and Majora's Mask is brilliant, and I really liked like Twilight Princess. And even though a lot of people didn't, I quite like Skyward Sword and everything. But um, I I like Link because of him in his world. I think his mm-hmm. world is brilliant. Um, I think his aesthetic is so cool. Like I love the Hyrulean Shield. I just remember seeing that as a kid and just thinking it was just you know there was like detail on the shield in a game and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was very, very cool. <clears throat> I, I, I do love all that kind of stuff, but I know what you mean. He's not the most charismatic character. No, zero char- charisma, but um, 
yeah so uh, do you, i was going to move on to music unless you had something else to add about the game itself so i had one important thing which i think is quite important so Continue. we're talking about firsts and decisions that this game made right mm-hmm. so this is the first game where you you had like a basically an action button that you had to press a different ah, had different okay. effects so if you were up at a ledge, it would be climb. If you had to interact with something or speak to somebody, it would flip around to what you wanted it to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is mm-hmm. the first time something like that, and which is now in all games. All action games have this, where you know the interact might be in climb a ladder, might be in jump, might mean you know sit down or whatever. Where depending on where you are, which it just meant that you could free up those other buttons for different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely remember that. Um, but yeah, as you say, it's probably one of those things that you don't think of as being like, you know, a big deal because you're so used to it now. But um, yeah. yeah, go on, Nintendo. Well done, yeah. Miyamoto. Right, we'll give us the music then. Okay, so I actually really enjoyed looking into this because I actually really gained a lot more respect for the creator of the music of Zelda and who's also, coincidentally, the creator of the music of Mario. Um, my boy Koji Kondo, yeah, yeah, not to be, not to be confused with DJ Combo. Oh, you like that one? No, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Koji Kondo, my boy, um, has been involved for in Nintendo for a long time. As, as a matter of fact, would you believe Nintendo is the only job he's ever held? Really, yeah. He's yeah, got a good job. He sure does. Um, but he does a good job. If you heard his music on um, Mario, like he did the original Mario, all those ones that you know as being quintessentially Mario Ooh. are him. You know, all those. Having a look at us. He's only 58. Yeah, he's a hero. But how young was he when he was making these record-breaking things? Yeah, well, there's some. I'm going to read a couple of quotes of him here because I, I, when I was looking up this guy, I was like, this guy is is something else. You know, he's more than just um, he's more than just a video game musician. He's kind of a very kind of, for lack of you know more rich language, a very special person. Um, he looks at the world in a very specific way, and I think it kind of seems like Nintendo have their like have this in abundance like just these kind of geniuses in different areas but a couple of the quotes that i really liked um to them about his music and and what kind of what where he how he approached it he said all games contain unique rhythms in some form or another these rhythms can be found in character movements and also in the timing in which characters press buttons it's essential to grasp these rhythms and use the ones that represent the most satisfying playing experience and create music based on them now do you hear what he's saying there you know, he's he's not just creating a, a music for a video game. He's looking at the game, looking at the rhythms, looking at the character, and trying to create music that matches that game. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and you can see that. And apparently, when he did Mario as well, um, he was he, that was a big thing. Is like you know the speed of him walking and like he kind of the offbeat rhythms in like the lava levels and stuff like that. Um, but this is another one that that I really liked. It was. Uh, and he's talking about Mario here when he did music. The first thing I saw was the grass-covered plain, so I wrote the laid-back, relaxed music. However, it didn't really fit the game, so I thought I needed to create music that matched the speed of the game, the speed of Mario running, the liveliness of his jumps, and so I played the game over and over again and created music that matched rhythms of the game. Wow. You know, 
I just think that is so cool. Like, you know, like he, he, he's not, he's not looking at it as a job. Like, you know, he kind of, he's getting into it and like, you know, playing it again and again and again to try and get something that's kind of like inherently in the game itself and make yeah. the music out of that. You know, he's not looking at thinking what's the, you know, basic base feel of this, you know, like what, exactly. what do I think of when I see this image? Like he's really going into it again till he mm-hmm. gets the other layers there, which is, you know, like there's a reason why everyone lo- knows and remembers these, these soundtracks 20, 30 years later. And I guess it's because he made them fit so well. Exactly. And I think he was big into his classical music as well, um, which you can kind of definitely see in Zelda. But um, I'm going to play a couple of the tracks here. Um, so <clears throat> this is, I've actually got quite a few tracks here, so I won't play them for ages. But this is the title track that everyone remembers on like the kind of screen select. So here we go. beautiful yeah it's absolutely brilliant yeah i mean you could go to sleep to that you know it's just and even like the slow strumming of of like the the guitar i know it's not a guitar but you know electrical whatever it is you know yeah. maybe guitar it's it's really beautiful really beautiful timing and this is the next one this is lost woods and this is something that is kind of in my head it's one of those songs that i whistle all the time and i kind of afraid someone's going to hear me and they'll be like that's a nerd <laughs> not that i, I mean because obviously i hide it very well but anyway uh, this this is lost woods I remember um, years ago, uh, I had this like Dell smartphone thing, right? Mm-hmm. Massive tablet phone. It was rubbish. Um, but I got like a Zelda soundboard on it. Oh, yeah. With all these different like apps and songs on it. And I had that as my ringtone. And I was in college mm-hmm. and you couldn't silence this phone because it wasn't a tablet. <laughs> and that rang off in it. And like I was trying to get it out of my pocket. It took so long to go to turn it off and stuff like that. And after I turned it off, then my lecturer, like in the middle of talking, like stopped talking and was like, I feel like I want to dance to that song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I started like moving side to side too. And I was like, well, I'm mortified. <laughs> I used to do that, right? I used to like when you had like when Apple didn't lock you from choosing your audios, blah, blah, blah. Before I had a, an iPhone, it was like I used to sometimes have video games music, music as a ringtones. But then like if I ever heard that song in a game, I was like, oh, my phone's ringing. Like, you know, it's like it sticks in your brain, you know? <laughs> Yeah, um, like if, you know, my alarm song is somebody else's text tone. I freak out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, it's, it's funny, the brain. But anyway, so this next one is Hyrule Field. actually hear the sun coming up on that can't you doesn't it just say like adventure you know yeah 
just like go out there and like and because it was so well timed with the the first time you see like a 3d landscape in zelda like yeah go out there and you're just like well there you go go yeah. where you need to go go travel this land because you can't even see where you're going straight away in it it's not just yeah like, all right wow exactly explore that world boy yeah um okay so this is zelda's theme which is beautiful as well It's just, it's all iconic. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I only have two more, so, so don't panic, people. Um, so this is Great Fairy Fountain. Oh, yes. Um, let's see. Lovely, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Now, I'm going to hijack this podcast for a second. Right. And I'm going to put someone on blast. Who? And it's someone who you don't expect me to. Is it me? <laughs> no, it's not you. It's another Japanese composer. I'm not a Japanese used... composer. No, so it's not you. You used to be my hero. I have found you out, Nobuo. Right. I found you out. All right? Listen to this. Remarkably similar, isn't it, Yusuf? There is a bit of similarity there. Not so just a little. You get to this bit. Pretty much exactly the same. What's, that's from Final Fantasy X, was it? Nope. Six. Six. Salas uh, team. Yeah, so Nobuo, I found you out. All right. Well, when was Six released? Hmm? Final Fantasy VI was released when was what game had the first fairy found um, Zelda before Ocarina of Time was it yeah okay okay did you look that up huh did you look that up sure I did of course I did you okay. do you think I put someone on blast without looking it up absolutely it's the most you <laughs> thing I can imagine okay uh, let me see I, I've uh, assigned a hotkey to this but I can't find the key on my keyboard now <laughs> so i'm gonna to have to change the hotkey right so this is the okay does that work okay, perfect so this is the last song that i'm gonna play and i think this is probably my f- i'm not gonna say my favorite because there's so many brilliant but it's absolutely fantastic and um, so this is gerudo valley Anyway, 
Actually, actually, I take that back. That is my favorite song. You d- you clearly didn't want to stop playing that. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I and uh, first of all, uh, the weird thing about that song is that it's it's very Spanish, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's Gerudo who were like Middle Eastern, so a strange fit. But what a beautiful, what a lovely song. And actually, I remember when I was in um, come back from work one day in Pierce uh, Street Station, they have a piano there. Oh yeah, and people people can just play it. Which I thought is just really lovely. Um, yeah. And someone was playing that song. Really? Um, cool. Yeah. And I was like, I love you. Thank you for getting me out of my, you know, dark mind space of, of a finance person into, you know, the real world I want to be in. So thank you, person, wherever you are. But yeah, the music in this game um, was just absolutely brilliant. Koji Kondo is a genius. Um, I put him above Nobuo Matsu, especially since Nobuo brought from him. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love it. So <clears throat> next, you know what time it is, don't you? Uh, before you do, you know, there's go on. piano. Oh, hold on. Yeah, go on. Sorry. You broke me. <laughs> there's a piano in uh, Tottenham Court Road station. And mm-hmm. one day, Jeff Goldblum was visiting in London recently. And he was just playing it. <laughs> he just went. <laughs> That's down brilliant. Down. Yeah. <laughs> he's a big uh, jazz musician. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. He's got a band. Yeah. He looks jazzy, doesn't he? He looks like a cool bastard. He looks great. I love him. Yeah. Fashion icon. Anyway, sorry. You're going to now come up with a quiz of absurd noises nobody else could know and then give out to me for not knowing them. There's no way I can do that. Your mic. It's kind of interesting. The word customer begins with C-U. <laughs> That's right. It's the quiz. God. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah, go on then. Okay, so I have for you these questions three. And as usual, you may or may not get a bonus question. Right. You ready? Yeah. Question number one. Will I do them in different accents? No. Nope, do not. <laughs> the original Temple of Time. The original Temple of Fire theme ended up censored. Why? Ooh, because it had um, Muslim prayer in it. Oh, well done. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've heard, like, when I was researching this game in general, I heard so many different reasons for why things changed, why things went all over the place and stuff like that. Um, mm. And apparently they were like, oh, they realized this, so they moved it out and stuff like that. But from a few more reputable sources, it seems like they just had, like, an audio pack which had that song on it, which they bought, and they didn't even realize ah. They're, oh, okay. like, they're Japanese people and they're working in Japanese language and they use like they played like an audio track and you know and it just, that was on the track you could buy Shigeru this sounds cool no? <laughs> what accent was that? put it in <laughs> I don't know I do my Lebanese accent a lot recently I don't know why um, right. for every person uh, I don't know so you know anyone want to give me a job as a Lebanese voice actor <laughs> Speaking See, English. <laughs> if anybody wants to, I recommend you get an actual Lebanese person. <laughs> I actually know quite a few Lebanese people. They're beautiful, lovely people. So and I'm come sure to me, and I'll I'll put you in contact with them for a small fee. Um, okay, so question number two: right. Why did Kazu- Kazuyaki Morita, the game's boss designer, risk losing his jab? Ooh. Hmm. I don't know. I really have no idea. That's not an answer. Um, because he insisted on putting a boss in. Mm. 
That was his job. He was a boss designer. Yeah, They're not going to fire him for putting in a boss. <laughs> As I said to start this, you're going to ask me an impossible question. I'm not going to know it. You're going to yell at me for not knowing. Well, allegedly, uh, Kazuyaki was um, struggling with the boss on a specific level. Can't remember which, don't ask me. But um, so during that time, he, when he was thinking, he designed the fishing game. And oh, really? that wasn't part, yeah, that wasn't part of the game at all. But uh, he was just bored and trying to think what to do. He made it. And when they found it, they were like, okay, well, we'll just put it in and I'll fire you then. But, um, well, yeah. that's brilliant. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> Fair play to him. Um, what okay. a complex thing to do in your spare time. <laughs> <laughs> I know, isn't it? So Fair play. Uh, working on the AI of the fish, you know, these ones are more yeah. aggressive. These ones are more <laughs> Exactly. This one plays a tune if you catch him between the hours of 10 and 12. Yeah. Um, okay, okay, so question number three. You've won right, one wrong, so you can redeem yourself. After you defeat a Poe, uh, you, you can capture it in a bottle. What happens if you drink it? Ooh, I think there's a very, there's different things that could happen. I think it's an RNG thing. I think you can lose health down to one heart. I think it's the most common thing. Yes. Yep. Okay, so, but now you know what time it is. Bonus question. Since I'll be the only one who knows what really happened, I'll have more bargaining power when it comes to discussing my bonus. That's right, Nikolai. The bonus round. Um, Very good. He's really, yeah, I mean, that wasn't a great Russian accent. I could do better than that. Yeah, so, maybe you could. Games people. Hire me to do your voices, please. Okay, so Ocarina of Time has an unusual connection with the novel Little Women. Ooh. You know <gasps> what is it? Oh, it's names. It's names are given to the is given to the Poe ghosts, isn't that it? Yes. Well done. Well done. Well done. Alive. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Guys, come on, he's sitting right here. <laughs> that's hurtful <laughs> sorry yeah I actually meant to go for the applause button but it worked perfectly <laughs> you are awful at that sound <laughs> I might stay on a couple of hours after this is over and just <laughs> play with it myself <laughs> okay um, yeah, yeah yeah so well done I was watching a um, a speedrunner of this game a glitchless speedrunner mm-hmm. so apparently if you rush this game according to like the averages of people who've like played before and are trying to just get it finished. The rush time that they do it in is 16 hours. The kind of average normal gameplay is like, like gameplay times between like 30 and 40. Guess how long it takes a speedrunner to do it where it's glitchless. So there's some things they skip, but none where they don't like, they don't, they never like clip through a wall or, you know, trick the game in, mm. in a way. Knowing how off I usually am on these things, I'm going to cut my estimate by half and say three hours. It's about three and a half, three hours, 45 minutes. Oh, so, amazing. Considering the rush time is 16 hours. It's crazy. They will do it in that time. So, I mean, that is the three temples as a child. And then, like, there's, like, the seven sages afterward and then finding Ganon and doing all that kind of stuff. You know? Like I, I, I read that the people are still finding glitches in this game. Yeah, well, apparently, if you do the glitched version, you can finish it in fifteen minutes. Yeah, and there's even a glitch way where you don't even have to fight Ganon at all. Yeah, you just and, skip past. And, the, 
yeah and the speed run community are like at odds as to whether it should be considered a true speed run because you don't actually fight them yeah it's weird it's a there's a whole lot of rules of it and stuff about what is or isn't a glitch and you know yeah it's it's quite it's quite tricky particularly with with zelda actually that they, they really don't know how to classify it but for the current rules yeah they can do it and i, was, I watched this guy do it on youtube you can see the whole thing have you ever heard of games done quick no so it's this youtube uh channel right where it's actually about these events an event called games done quick and they tend to do it twice a year and all the money goes to charity right and mm-hmm. people call up and they donate and i mean they raise loads of money and the thing is they watch these people play video games and they talk about how they do it how they do the speed running thing and you see them play all the all through the game so you can watch people like you can watch a guy go and do legend of zelda glitch lists in like three hours 45 minutes and he'll tell you what he's doing and why he's doing it and stuff like that and mm-hmm. some bits which are quite tricky is like a couch of people behind him who are saying explaining what he's doing he's like so this really specific movement is because this can't see you till here or this doesn't load till here and stuff like that mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. bad and if you ever play the game that's really difficult in some parts as infuriating you just see you know him go well if you just sidestep here you fall through the thing and you're in the boss level it's like oh my god yeah it's amazing and i love the speed run community and i also love the fact that these old games on these older consoles they're they're not able the companies aren't able to roll out further you know fixes for these glitches yeah yeah you know and they have to remain there forever which i just love and i love like especially the mario back jump you know the fact oh, that they, yeah. didn't, they didn't take into account um the speed of him moving backwards um when putting the programming for the never-ending stairs yeah yeah, so that, yeah that's why you can kind of go up it but um yeah i love love all that stuff but um yeah i mean that's all i i have really on uh, zelda just you know obviously an absolute classic one of the best games of all time and and rated so by most people um so much depth amazing music um, amazing battle system amazing dungeons you know amazing um gameplay elements you know the balance um I loved everything about it um anything you you want to add yusuf um just i mean i couldn't agree with you more this is a game which you know we chose it because you know we knew it was pretty groundbreaking it was really good we enjoyed it we loved the series as a whole as it kind of goes on but looking back at it i have so much more respect for it because i can't believe the things that it did which were the first you know i don't know if it was just the way i played them or if i didn't realize them at the time and stuff like that um but it was it introduced the way so many games play now um and it did such a good job of it uh, I, I like i really would like them to release it again on the switch i like to play it again um because it's not even on the virtual console on switch is it I don't know, because there is the remastered version. Well, sorry, the master version, which is the one they had on the GameCube. So uh, it is on the uh, 3DS. 3DS. Yeah, yeah. They remade it on that. And that was like a, a, a ramped up version. Yeah, it's on that. So maybe yeah, maybe I might play on that, because I do have a 2DS there. Yeah, I definitely got the hunger to play it after, especially the music, you know, so. Yeah, it is. It uh, is. Uh, and the Switch is my go-to console now, really. You should, um, you so. should play Breath of the Wild. It is a very good game mm. well i think you have it don't you did you give it to me i think you wouldn't let me all right i that doesn't sound like me i think you said oh, no. no don't have the time all right okay fair enough um but i think you should give it a go mm. okay i will um yeah so that's all i have um if anyone wants to contact us you suck 
Hit them with the email address. It is press the action button pod at gmail.com. Uh-huh. Any questions, comments, requests um, are well appreciated. Yes. Thank you for anyone that has listened to our old episodes, anyone that has rated us. Um, if you haven't rated us, um, please do. Um, and, you know, share the podcast, blah, blah, blah. But just, you know, enjoy it. That's, that's the primary thing. Yeah, thank you for everybody who, as we said, has already gotten in contact. Um, and we'll be back next week with a new episode. Mm-hmm. All right, take care, guys. Bye. Bye.